Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. ED. Yo. Season two. Who knew? Who knew? Hey, man, you know what? I'm just happy I made the squad. I came out of camp, and I'm still starting. I'm not mad. Hey, this this undrafted free agent over here is just th- thanking all his blessings for being able to make the squad. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. Um, first of all, I'm just going to call this uh, our season premiere. You know, sitcoms, they have their season premiere. They talk television, they have their season premiere. Mm-hmm, I'm just going to mm-hmm. straight up call this our 2020 season premiere because we're back for year two, back for another one. Niners back for another one on the quest to take six. And here we are back again breaking it down for the fine folks here on the Believe Podcast Network. So, this is our season premiere. We got so much to get into. We're going to talk about this Niners football team for the 2020 season, kind of give you a little bit of a season preview. And we got a special guest to help us do it, ED. A very special guest. Okay. Not, okay. None other than the great Matt Mayoko from NBC Sports Bay Area. Of course, if you're part of the faithful, you know this guy uh, very well. So uh, he, we're going to talk to him and see what type of nuggets he drops f- for us. I'm sure for Matt, it's going to be uh, stupendous going into week one. But uh, first, we got to let you know this Believe in 49ers podcast is brought to you by the fine folks of betonline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. And sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And also, the fine folks over at Manscaped, D.D. Oh, yes. The fine folk over at Manscaped are just trying to protect you. Because, yeah, football is about to start. Football, you think of fall. You think of that crisp air. But, guys, we haven't made it yet. We are still in burning bush season. You got to make sure certain that you're not walking the streets and spontaneously combust And the people at Manscaped, our fine sponsors there, they are here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. And and as I said, you have to make certain that you take care of these areas because as you're moving, as you're settling in to watch these games, you're getting your Sunday parties going, the tailgating in the yard and all of these things, you can be dangerously close to that grill. Manscaped can help you take care of that. So, and in fact, our listeners of this show, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Eric at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code E-R-I-C. It's 2020. A lot has been going on that you can't control, but this time it is time 
to grab 2020 by the horns and take care of everything by shaving your front trunk. That Get it done, people. is right. Get it done. Get it done. All right, as far as getting it done, Niners – Came close to getting it done last season. 2019 was a special year, though, however. Nine-win differential. Uh, ended up finishing 13-3 and NFC West and conference champions over the offseason, of course. As you know, Joe Staley retires. Emmanuel Sanders walks. DeForest mm-hmm. Buckner traded. And so the Niners end up trading for Trent Williams to replace Joe Staley. So you, you replace one Hall of Famer with another. They also drafted Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk in the first round. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, not much turnover to speak of with this team. And in a season unlike the NFL has ever seen, not having a regular offseason, the Niners appear to be one of those teams that is most adapted being able to handle this sort of climate. Now, as I look at this season, ED, a key factor for me is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, no standard offseason. But it was also an offseason in which he did not have to rehab. And so they yep. you, you heard about all the, the player run practices out down at out at San Jose State. They went out to Nashville, Tennessee to had some out there. He was able to get his timing and his rhythm down with his wide receivers and to be able to just focus on football, focus on the offense, focus on the types of throws he's going to need to make here in twenty twenty. I thought that was key and I think that's gonna be a huge boost for them going into this season. Uh, no, uh, agree. You have an uh, you have an opportunity now to work on um, communication with the coach, with the, with the play caller. Um, sit down. Jimmy got a chance to do something he hasn't had a chance to do, and that's look at himself on film. Uh, you 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 know one of my isms. You can get you can learn um, by watching what's happening. You can learn an offense or a defense by watching play, guys play, but you don't get better as a player until you actually play. That's right. So he has Confid- he, he confidence got to, comes from doing, right? Yeah. I've been listening. Doing. I've been listening. That, that, you Very have been. Business. You have been. May have taken you a whole season, but you've been listening. <laughs> and and I mean so so he was out doing some things and now he can learn from the mistakes he's made. He can improve on the things that he did well. Um and he he now he has a better understanding of what it is the coach wants him to do and why. So, so that that's where they are this off season now. And that's what I like about it. After you've done it, now you have a chance to sit down with the coach and start to get in your head, what he wants to do, what the coach wanted to do at that time, why, why the coach feels like doing certain things a certain way. So that's, that's, that's what I like about it. What are you looking at? What am I looking at? What with Jim? In terms of the, this twenty twenty team, this twenty twenty season. In this one, you know what? You say that again, man. And, and because my my daughter's cat just um, <laughs> knocked my earpiece out, <laughs> so I good. couldn't hear what you were I got, saying. So I got I got so, a singing baby back here. She heard Matt Mayoko was coming on. She just started singing, uh, singing some R and B hits over here. So she, she she's going it. at it as well. What, what what are you kind of most looking forward to with this Niners club this season? Um. Well, well I want to see. I, I, we kind of touched on it right there. I want to see the improvement. Where, where do you go? What's the next level? Um, at the quarterback position, next level. Offensively, um, with with Kyle, what are you going to add? What wrinkles? Because the wrinkles that you had last year, people are studying those. So what wrinkles are you going to add to this? I do want to see um, the – I want to see where Debo is going to be and Ayuk. been hearing – how there's this rapport between Garoppolo and the first rounder. So what 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 are you going to get from the wide receiver position? 
Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but it's, but it's more so just the development of some guys, because I think that's, that's going to be key. I don't expect Chin Long. Like I say this about, about BA. I don't, these are new guys, the rookies, draft picks. I expect them to be good players. You're first rounders. You're supposed to be a good player, but I'm not expecting you to be the, the carry guy. I do want to see where's E-Man going? Where is Witherspoon going? Yeah. Uh, where, where, what's, where's Jimmy Ward? Jimmy had a really good year last year. Yeah, he did. Part of the reason why we were like, re-sign him. Are you, are you going back to back? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's when a team gets really good. Are you going back to back? How, how much how how much do you get out of a healthy D Ford, and how much do you get out of a second year Nick Bosa? So all all of that's what I'm looking at. I want I want to see the improvement. I'm not. It, this has nothing to do with revenge tour. So that's what I'm looking for. Like, do you guys know how to sustain excellence? That's that's the key. And I want, and I, and I think this organization is ready now to take that jump. Yeah, and I think both you and I are liking the fact that we don't want to hear about anybody's revenge tour, right? You can say, say you can keep all that. Um, this is the Believe in Forty ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We got Matt Mayoko from the NBC Sports Bay Area coming up in just a sec. Um, but want to remind you: make sure you download, subscribe. Rate, review, uh, we're located wherever you find your podcast. If there's a like button there on your platform, go ahead, hit that like button. Wherever you found us, wherever you're listening to us right there now, go ahead and, and continue to do so. Uh, this is our, wait, wait, our, our wait, season premiere them. episode. Wait, wait and tell them, and tell them right now. Tell your friends. Yeah, tell, tell your friends. Tell everybody you know. Tell everybody. Because this season, what we plan on doing is, and, and you know, and I, what, what we plan on doing, you, go get get your stats. Get get your stats. Talk. Listen to all the talking heads you want to talk to, and then we're going to actually explain what all that stuff means. That's what that's what we do here. That's what we do. So so let everybody know. Like if you want to know about your Niners, that's what we're going to give you. Um, all the ins and outs, and we'll talk to the people that um, are close to them. We're going to start giving you guys that a little bit more, but we'll definitely give you us and let you know what all the X's and O's mean. Absolutely, and, and and you tweeted this the other day. So, if you got any questions about that? Go ahead and and, and read uh, Ed's tweet from the other day. If you're not following him on Twitter, make sure you follow him on Twitter. That's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. I'm at R Haylock, and on Instagram, I am at Watch Ray Ray, and he is at underscore Bump and Run. And now we are extremely pleased to be joined on the Believe in 49ers podcast by well, really, this man needs no introduction this is year 26 for him covering the Niners he's an author and also a dad joke aficionado host of the 49ers <laughs> talk with Matt Mayoko and Laura Britt on the NBC Sports Bay Area podcast network none other than Matt Mayoko Matt thanks so much for joining us here on the Believing 49ers pod Roshan ED it's my pleasure to join you I'm looking Matthew. forward to it <laughs> Looking forward to talking some football. Absolutely. Well, let's just let's just jump right into it. Um, season is is vastly approaching. Sunday, week one against the Cardinals. When when you look at this 49ers team, uh, biggest question mark for them entering the 20, 2020 season. Um, mainly position group, but if you have another direction you want to go, I'm I'm, I'm all ears. Well, I, I'd say to start the season, the interior of their offensive line, they're kind of banged up there. Weston Richburg. 
will be on the uh, PUP list for at least the first six weeks. Uh, ben Garland, who stepped in late last season and started and, and uh, started the final three games in the playoffs, he's been out with an ankle injury. Uh, they have a new right guard, probably Daniel Brunskill. So that that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, I, you know, I, I know a lot of people love to hear Ed's uh, thoughts on this, but a lot of people kind of look at their secondary and and don't see it. You know, besides Richard Sherman, who's getting up there in age, you have Emmanuel Mosley and Akella Weatherspoon. I, I think Mosley's going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. And the the thing that people don't. I don't think they immediately recognize is that the 49ers pass defense ranked number one in the league last year <laughs> and like the lowest yards allowed in like a dozen years in the NFL period. Now, obviously when you think of the 49ers pass defense, you think of their pass rush, mm-hmm. but the guys on the back end got to be doing something right there too. So they haven't addressed, they hadn't, you know, they haven't addressed the, the defensive backfield as far as bringing in a starter caliber player in a couple of off seasons, which I think has surprised a lot of people here, especially heading into this season where pretty much everybody back there, except for Jimmy Ward is on their contract year. So, you know, that, that's something to keep an eye on this season as well. Uh, Maddie, I'm with you. I think the offensive line, I just finished telling someone they were talking about, what do you do if you're the, if you're the Cardinals? And I was like, you test out that center guard exchange area. You see, can they control those a gaps because mm-hmm. you've had, oh, that's the, that's the question for me, and I'm with you on the secondary. I keep saying, I was saying it during the draft. I was saying it uh, this past week. The secondary is not broken, guys. <laughs> just the, the number, as you just said, uh, they were able with with the defensive front that they have, the way the team is built, uh, they are able to do well back there, and um, they haven't had to addr- address the the secondary tremendously because guys are developing. That's and I think they're going to continue. I think Emmanuel is going to continue to develop. I think Spoon is going to be. And I want to ask you a question about about Witherspoon uh, being around the team more. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Seeing this guy, um, where is he? His because that's a major point in in his development. Going against a team in Arizona that's going to throw the ball. Uh, you just go out and DeAndre Hopkins is ready to play and show he got all that new money right now. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you how do you what has Spoon been doing and where do you see his development, even though you believe Emmanuel Mosley is going to be the starter? Well, let me first say something about Emmanuel Mosley. He's such an even keel guy. He he just kind of quiet. Uh, he does his job. He's got this kind of, uh, kind of quiet confidence and he doesn't get too high or too low. He's able to bounce back <laughs> if he gives up a big play, which I, I think I probably listed just about everything there that it takes to be a good corner. I was just about to say, Matt, you do realize that's a corner, right? Yeah, right. Well, OK, so I've said that. I'm not sure I could say the same things about uh, Akella Weatherspoon. I mean, he he's a physically talented guy. He's got the length that they look for in that defense. You know, the feet, everything athletically is good. I just don't know that he's wired uh, the way that Emmanuel Mosley is. I mean, you saw it late last season. He got off to a really good start, um, and then he got injured. And then when he came back, it was like one bad play led to another, led to another, led to another, and eventually. One bad play led to another and another and a benching. And then finally, you know, once the playoffs started, you know, one bad play 
and the 49ers were like, okay, let's yeah. make this move permanent now. So I just don't know that, that he, you know, that one of the issues with him coming out of Colorado was the physicality. I don't know that that has been that big of an issue, but I do think that there's this element of toughness that Emmanuel Mosley has and this kind of short uh, memory where he's just able to just block it out and, and the next play is as if nothing ever happened. I'm not sure that Akello, who's a very bright guy, and I'm not saying that Mosley isn't, but I think some people who play the game, I mean, they're all bright guys, but some guys think too much. I think Akello is one of these guys who thinks too much. Matt, Did that make sense? Yeah, I know where I know where you're going because of what you start seeing ghosts, and and I've said that before. That um, when asked about Akello um, all last season, I was saying Spoon needs to get out of his own head. Yeah. Um, you you've kind of described everything I, I think about him as well. Uh, just the athletic ability is there, uh, but at some point you just have to do it. You have to believe. You have to go beyond believing and just knowing it. It has to become a part of you that okay, I had a bad play that's not who I am and you keep moving. And, and that's what I want to see from him. So you just yeah, answered a whole lot of and, questions. And can, and I want to add something here is, you know, late last season, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time. I mean, when I first started covering the, the league, Eric, you were there and, you know, Merton and Tim McDonald and, you know, all these, all these guys who. All those sorry football players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all these guys who had the game mastered from the shoulders up. And late last season, you know, there was, a, I think it was a playoff game early in a playoff game might've been against the Vikings where Witherspoon gave up something and then they benched him and went with Mosley. Witherspoon went to the special teams coordinator, you know, after he'd been told he'd been benched and said, Hey, put me in on all of uh, Mosley's special teams plays because he's going to need his energy for playing. And that, that drew, drew like rave reviews. Like, Hey, that was great that he, he did this that next week. You know, I, I talked to Akello and, um, and I said, well, you know, how, how frustrating was it for you to get benched and, and then, um, you know, go, go to special teams. And his answer was, um, Oh, not, not frustrating at all. I'm a football player, so I just wanted to continue playing in that meant special teams. And I thought, okay, well, if you're not frustrated after getting benched or upset uh, and you're trying to pass it off like it was no big deal, you know, I, I respect where you're going with this, trying to help the team by doing special teams, but that's the wrong attitude. I mean, I can guarantee you if Eric Davis had been benched in the first quarter of a playoff game, he would have been pissed. Right. And and to me, that was kind of like, OK, there's something that's yeah. kind of amiss here. OK. Well, you know what, Maddie, that's that's why I wanted you here, because I knew you'd have some insight uh, to help us look at, at some things moving forward. Um, and, yeah, I would have been mad. I'd still be mad about that. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20 years later, you'd still be like, don't bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, yes, I am. I'm still mad about my rookie year getting benched the third game of the season because I was all ready to start and I blew a coverage and Art Monk scored and George said, sit down. I'm still mad about that. And that happened in 1990. <laughs> and I bet you that made you a better player, though, in future years. 
and uh, and so and so a lot of this to me is you know a guy like Witherspoon, and, and we could be talking about anybody. Yeah, you're you're gonna get you know, you're gonna go through rough spots. It's how you bounce back from that, and whether you use that to fuel you or you use that as a bad experience that stays in the back of your mind, and now you you play tentatively. Matt Mayoko joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Uh, let's talk about the, the first rounders. Um, I heard you say Brandon Ayuk was the most impressive rookie wide receiver you've seen. There's also been reports about Ken Law maybe needing more time, not being ready, and Niners, uh, the faithful are just – uh, just all you know, all, all on the fringes because of because of Ken Law and the reports that they've been getting back uh, about him. Where where are these two um, as we head into Sunday? Well, I, I don't know precisely where Brandon Ayuk is because he had that hamstring injury. I think it was August twenty third, and I haven't seen him practice. hasn't been out there, but they're hoping that that he'll be out there. No, I, I stand by what I said, and of course I didn't see Jerry Rice during his rookie training camp but for a guy to just come in like like brandon and i you did and not have that off-season program and just look the part and and if you'd been watching practices you would have thought oh he's he's got to be a you know fifth or sixth year pro um no he's not he's a guy that that did everything behind the scenes learned his role in the offense earned the confidence of the coaching staff that put him out there running with the first team. And then maybe most importantly, earned the trust of Jimmy Garoppolo and Garoppolo threw him a lot of passes during 11 on 11 work. So, you know, do I expect him to have this huge season and be a fantasy star? No, because I think the 49ers have a lot more uh, versatility and a lot more uh, weapons that, uh, you know, they can spread the ball around more than they did a year ago. But I do think that he's going to have a role on this offense. And and to me, you're, you're looking at your your wideouts would be Debo Samuel. And there's a chance that he plays on Sunday, Kendrick Bourne, and then Brandon Ayuk. And with uh, with Trent Taylor being the, the slot guy, as far as Javon Kinlaw, I, you know, I don't know that anybody really expected him you know, to be a three down player when the 49ers drafted him, I mean, I think the expectation was, you know, at some point, you know, maybe year two, year three. Um, I just don't know how realistic it is to, to draft him, draft a guy who was never a big sack guy. I mean, he, he would get six sacks in college. That's, that's pretty good, but you know, he's, he's bigger, stronger, quicker. You know, he's, he was, uh, he could probably at every level of football, you know, be a, extreme run disruptor as well as a pass rush guy without really having to, to kind of hone in on those, on the fine details of the, the technique. So I, I don't think that anybody should be alarmed that uh, the first third down of the game, he goes trot, trotting off the field and here comes, uh, you know, somebody else to, you know, Solomon Thomas to rush the passer from inside. I don't think that's a reason for alarm. I think one of the main reasons they drafted and probably, well, the main reason after losing DeForest Buckner, the 49ers felt, or after trading DeForest Buckner, um, the 49ers felt, okay, what areas of the defense can we improve upon? And one of the areas that they recognized was their run defense was not 
uh, up to the level that they would like it to. It was, you know, for a, for a defense that was so good and at the top of the league in so many different categories, they were middle of the pack when it came to run defense. And so I think the thinking was, well, let's, let's get a run stuffer in here, a big guy um, who has the ability and the mindset to grow and, and become a, a, a well-rounded player in the future, but immediately he can step in and help kind of clog up the middle and, and be a, a force against the run. So I, I don't think that there's any reason for people to be uh, alarmed about the reports of Javon Kinlaw. He's the kind of guy, you know, these defensive tackles, a lot of them, you can be a really good player and at the end of the game and have a really good game. And at the end of the game, you might have one tackle. <laughs> and you yeah. still were a force because you kept the guard and, and center off of Fred Warner and Quan Alexander. And those guys clean up because of the, the great dirty work that you're doing in front of them. We got Maddie Mayoko with us. My guy telling us all <laughs> things, all things 49ers. That's why I love talking to you, man. I like talking ball to you because a lot of guys just sit there on the sidelines and they don't ever really get into it and, and break it down the way you do. Um, we've been on the defensive side of the ball. I want to switch over to the offense. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has come in, and there is this thought. I, I actually like the guy. There's this thought that he um, is so dependent on Kyle Shanahan um, as a quarterback, and he carries him. But we know the quarterback has to be an extension of the, the play caller. That would be Kyle Shanahan. Um, what improvement have you seen? How has, how has that um, relationship grown? Um, after him having having an entire season under his belt, you know, with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, well, first off, kind of to piggyback off your point there, that's not a bad thing if you're a quarterback to be piggybacking off of of Kyle Shanahan's offense. I no, mean, we saw not at what, all. Yeah, we we saw what Matt Ryan did in 2016, had one of the the greatest seasons that a quarterback in the NFL has ever had, and you know he wasn't nearly at that level before that and hasn't really been at that level after that. So uh, th that's so much about it is that that symbiotic relationship, right, between the coach and the the quarterback. I, I think where Garoppolo has made his most improvement is that he just looks more uh, decisive. I think he has a greater understanding of the offense. Um, I, I just – I think – yeah, I thought he had a good season last year, you know, great season. You know, I don't know if great season, but a darn good season. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you look at you know, the, the yards per attempt, which is always a pretty good indicator. I think it's like 8.4, which is, you know, among the top in the league. And I know and people would say, yeah, but you know, they get so many yards after the catch. Well, the quarterback has a lot to do with yards after the catch, because if you can hit a guy in stride, those yards after the catch come a lot easier and I don't care what the depth of the throw is. If you're hitting a guy where he does not have to break stride, like, like we saw repeatedly with George Kittle, Debo Samuel, you know, Manuel Sanders, um, you know, well, Jimmy hell, the Rams made a whole you know, fastest show on turf. That's why I said it was a fast break yeah. offense and guys had to figure out how to play that. It, it, yeah, it changed how you had to play defense because guys weren't running the spots. They were running through windows and the ball was being delivered. You're right about it, that, Matt. Yeah. And, and so part of you know, most of this offense is, you know, there, there aren't audibles, you know, there, there are answers built into every play. So in other words, here's the play call. Here's, 
here's where the ball should be going, but, oh, they're playing a defense um, that this particular, you know, primary option wasn't designed for. Therefore, the play automatically reverts to this, where now this person's the primary option. So all that stuff that Jimmy Garoppolo lived through for a year and granted made some mistakes, you know, made some ill-advised throws, had some interceptions. You know, I think that he's just going to be so much quicker on his feet because now instead of, you know, throughout his career, every off season when he's watched film, he's watched other people (laughs) for the first three and a half years of his career. When he was watching film of the Patriots offense, he wasn't watching himself. He was watching Tom Brady. And, you know, other than the five games he started and the three games he started, uh, five games at the end of 2017 season, the three games at the start of the 2018 season, you know, his offseason work with the 49ers has been a very small percentage of his own snaps and larger percentages of C.J. Beathard and, and Nick Mullins. So this was the first time, even though he didn't have the benefit of the offseason, he was able to really look at himself and, and, and be self-critical and, and look at how he can improve. So I think I think you're going to see a, a pretty large bump in his production based probably 50% on him getting better, but also 50% on the offense getting better and another year in the system. And, you know, I mentioned, I think Trent Taylor is a big option for them in the passing game because he's a true slot receiver being coached by Wes Welker. He was, he was nicknamed, you know, mini Wes in uh, his, his college days at Louisiana tech but also can, Derek, can there actually yeah. be a mini West? Well, I, you know what, as I said that, I thought the same thing. It's like, hold it now. He's not three foot seven. Right? <laughs> that is a very good point. Uh, the other guy that I'm really excited about watching is Jarek McKinnon and the 49ers had a really good running game last year. We all know that, but the one area where they really didn't have anybody that had the confidence of Shanahan was a third down back, a guy who could come out of the backfield and matched up against a a linebacker, run those choice routes and get immediate separation. And that's where Jarek McKinnon can really excel. So I think you add, you know, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, and then Trent Taylor in the slot. Uh, you have, obviously, George Kittle, who's their number one receiver. You have uh, Jarek McKinnon coming out of the backfield. And then another guy who looked really good. And the question, the only question about him throughout his career is, can he stay healthy? And that's Jordan Reed. I mean, they have so many more options. And the thing with Kyle Shanahan, what he loves is to sink his teeth into the opposing defense. So he, you know, this week he's, you know, he's been studying Arizona's defense. He knows what the weak links are. He knows the matchup he wants. Maybe there's an inside linebacker there or whatever, who he doesn't think can cover McKinnon. So he's going to try to, he's going to isolate that and he's going to, pound you know, he's going to go after it repeatedly that's what he does yep. third down that's what he does and so this more versatile more options on offense basically gives him more options to play with you know get the salt shaker and the pepper shaker out and move people around and find those matchups that he's going to exploit especially on third downs 
Matt Mayoko joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Great stuff, Matt. Uh, we 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 got to get you on here again because we, we, <laughs> we talked about, you know, the 2020 season. I, I want to get into it with you about the history, about my man Roger Craig, why he's not in the Hall of Fame. What was it like yeah. covering ED as a player um, and, and, and things of that nature? But we really appreciate you uh, – Taking the time and breaking things down. Let everybody know where, where where they can where they can obviously they I'm sure they know, but there may be one or two people out there that don't know where they can find you and and the podcast too. You guys are on TV now in this season from what from what I've hey, learned. You know what? Wait, 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 wait. I know Matt's got to go, but before he gives all of that, I, I got one more question for him concerning okay, this hear. week's game because I know the Arizona Cardinals and how much that team wants to beat the Niners. It's a rivalry mm-hmm. game for Arizona. For the Niners, yeah. it's just another. You know, it's a division game, important game, but it's a rivalry game. Um, with all of this, which I think is ridiculous, Rashawn, you know how I feel about this. With all this revenge tour yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. and I'm not a and, fan. Either. You know, getting back to the bowl and getting back to that place. I'm not. You know, you can't revenge the season. You lost. You took it hell. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. But with all of that being said, and knowing that you're going against a team um, that. This is a big game for them. They will be hyped for this game no matter what. That's from owner down to every fan in Arizona. Mm-hmm. How important? All three, all three of them. Uh, yeah, how how important? <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see, see, that's what happens when you're with the Niners. It's like that bird on your head, you're cursed. No one cares about Arizona. But, but with these guys in that locker room wearing the colors, they are talking about this revenge tour. I know there's no such thing as a week one must win, but this game, how, where would, where do you rank this in importance of getting out to a good start and having a good showing for the Niners against this Arizona Cardinals team? I, I, I think it's huge, and I, I mean, it's a home game against a division opponent, a division opponent that finished last in the division last year, but showed in those two games against the 49ers that they're a good team and they're on the rise. And, you know, watching them play last year, I was really impressed by Arizona because I thought defensively, you know, they played hard and it shows that they play hard. And Kyler Murray is, you know, he's going to be a pain in the butt for this 49ers team for a long time. And they add DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I think that they kind of feel like, Maybe they're where the, you know, they are this year where the 49ers were last year, where people, you know, they come into the season and people think, oh, they, they should be improved. You know, they should be a nice little team. And they're out to prove that, no, we're more than a nice little team. We're, we're ready to compete for the NFC West. And, you know, I think, you know, the stats are, are pretty, um, you know, apparent that teams that win week one have a much higher percentage of going to the playoffs than teams that lose week one I guess that probably goes without saying but I think it's a big deal for the 49ers to come out play good football and kind of put their their flag in the ground and say hey look we're, we're right back where we were we're not dropping off and at the same time kind of you know push the the Cardinals aside and say hey look you know you you guys aren't at this level yet. I think they are at this level. I think this is going to be a highly competitive game. And I think it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's must win, but you know, fact of the matter is it's going to be a lot easier for the team that wins this game than for the team that loses this game to go through the season and align themselves in a spot where, 
when December comes around, you're fighting, you know, you're right there for the division title playoff and, and who knows, maybe even home field advantage in the NFC again. Matt Mayoko joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Um, now you can let him go. Now let him go? All right. Yeah. Matt, really, really, yeah. really, really, really appreciate it. Um, let let us let let us know where we can find you in in the pod and and all that. So yeah, thank you very much, Rashawn, for having me and Edie for having me. Uh, so I write at NBCSportsBayArea.com and have the podcast 49ers Talk. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. And then this year we're debuting this evening, myself and Laura Brett. Uh, host 49ers talk uh, the the TV version. So in the Bay area, you can find it. It'll be on TV tonight after giants baseball on NBC sports Bay area. So yeah, we we're, we're doing a lot of different things and having a lot of fun and, and uh, just really looking forward to, to getting this season going. Cause I think that, you know, despite all the, um, the craziness out there and all the questions I think this season's going to happen and I, I know week one's going to happen. <laughs> and I think the NFL has done a good enough job and, and they've expanded testing so that it's daily for the players. And so I think they've put themselves in a spot. We'll see when teams start traveling, but I think they've put themselves in a really good spot so that if there is somebody who kind of wanders outside the, the bubble and, and does, you know, puts himself into risks that he shouldn't have, I think they will be able to to spot it immediately and keep it from being a situation where, you know, the entire team is infected and, and there, there has to be, you know, mass uh, roster moves leading up to a game. So I'm hoping that that's the case. I'm hoping that they, uh, you know, everything rolls smoothly through week one and, and all the way through Tampa in, you know, the first Sunday in February. But I just think that everybody's, ready for it and on one final point you know there will be no fans at levi stadium at least to start the season but watching these 49ers practice even when it's you know there's nobody out there other than staff members and some media people i mean this is a team that doesn't need the artificial stimuli of a crowd to get them going you know watching george yeah. Kittle practice watching Quan alexander practice and how they're jumping around and and, and getting their teammates going. I, I just don't think you're going to be able to watch the 49ers play this season and be able to say, wow, you know, the, the energy level just isn't there. They bring the energy level for a walkthrough. So they're sure as heck going to bring the energy level for a regular season NFL game. There it is. It's certainly going to be a season unlike we've ever seen. Matt Mayoko. The great Matt Mayoko joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Rashawn, ED, always a pleasure. Uh, love to come back whenever you want me. Appreciate it, Matty. You'll be back. Definitely. All right, ED, we had the great Matt Mayoko on. Um, very Matty. interesting. He, dude, he, did he, he dropped gym after gym after gym. The one thing, though, that, that I'll say about what he said, that right at the very end, he said, it looks like there's going to be a season. And... I got to tell you, I have not been optimistic until this week. I think we talked about it last week. I was just like, all right, well, maybe the season's coming, this, that, and the other. But, like, I've, I've actually allowed myself to get somewhat excited about uh, this season here and, and as we're entering week one just because of all the uncertainty. Uh, well, you know, the, I've been saying from the start, I, I don't know how they're going to do the testing and how it's going to be as guys come up ill because you will have some guys to test positive. But 
football players play football, man. You know that. Yeah. I know it personally. You you play through injuries. You play through sickness. You If you're healthy enough to hit the field, you're going to get out there and hit the field. So um, that part of it, I, I felt like they should be able to handle it. The other thing that I told someone way back in you know March when guys were talking about the upcoming season, I said if there's any place – any, any industry in the United States that has the infrastructure financially um, to put protocol in place to test guys, keep them safe and everything, is the NFL. It's the NFL, yeah. They, they, can, they can afford to do whatever's necessary to test the guys and keep guys there. It, it's a money-making machine. So um, I, I've never been concerned about that part of it. Um, I, I, just, I was wondering how long it was going to be before they figured it out. Um, I'm still concerned about that part of it, whether or not it's figured out. But Matt, being around it, that's why we wanted to have some some talk with him because I know he's with the team all day, every day. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm feeling good about that. I'm I'm and I like the last thing that he was talking about the energy level. You know, you and I have been talking about yeah. that. And I get those questions all the time. I like, and I keep and I've said I said to you. Where people always talk about the the energy of the crowd and you feed off the energy of the crowd. And I was like, yeah, it's a great thing to have. But if you're stinking up the field, is the crowd making noise? If you are playing bad football, is the crowd cheering? Yeah, it it feels good to pick off one and take it back to the house and you have the whole stadium rocking. But if you're getting lit up out there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that crowd's not that crowd's not there trying to give you energy, saying "Come on, Ed, come on, Ed, let's go." It's not the same. So the crowd, it, it's hand in hand. You give the crowd something to be energetic about. So you got to bring that energy. And I think I'm with Matt. I believe they have the type of roster that can bring the energy, can bring the emotion, can bring uh, the focus uh um every week and it, it is good he's saying that they're doing that already because what i always say game day you know one of my isms man you're gonna do what you do do what you do yeah all, all you're gonna do is do it again you're not gonna do something special you're gonna do it on sunday you're just repeating the things that you've already done during the week that's what good teams do i think the dynamic between both teams in their energy levels in their celebration levels is going to be something uh that, that I'm excited about watching, just from a certain <laughs> point that, I mean, football player, I mean, you, you know, a lot of guys, they get out there, they talk trash, they get excited about, you know, every play, once a play is made, and now, you know, you're actually going to be able to hear more things. Like, I, I was at a baseball game last week, and, you know, one team hit a go-ahead home run, and in the stadium, you could you could audibly hear the celebration from the other dugout. And 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 the and the other team didn't really take a liking to it. And, and baseball is not really that like emotional type of game. But in football, you can kind of get some juices flowing, and, and it it could affect things, you know, one <laughs> one way or another. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see to see that dynamic of it. One oh, one God, thing about trust me, yeah, trust me, man. Let me just, just quickly. Let me one just one thing. Uh, everything that's said on that football field, most things said on that football field. Aren't for prime, are not for primetime television. Yes, <laughs> and we're and we're going to be able to see and hear a lot of that stuff uh, this season. Like I, watching, you know, watching the bubble. Like it's it's amazing how you know they they figured out a way to be able to mute the crowd noise and then you know allow the announcers to kind of speak over it. I feel like that's kind of a, a change, a new wrinkle in the way we watch uh, the way we watch sports now because. 
previous to that, it really hadn't been that way. Like everybody got muted. Um, but you know, you you they're they're kind of blocking out some stuff. So, um, that I think that dynamic is going to be just from a, a competitive standpoint. I think that's going to be uh something interesting to watch. And then uh, one one other thing before we before we wrap up here, Maddie he he said it, and this is kind of what I took from it. He talked about just the weapons, right? He talked about well, first of all, I'm 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 surprised that Debo likely could be out there Sunday. But you talk about Debo, you talk, as am I. Yeah, yeah. You talk you talk about the weapons at the wide receiver. And there's been all this talk about how thin this wide receiver group has gotten just because of the injuries, right? The injury to Debo, the injury to Jalen Hurd, Richie James had battled with an injury as well. Like you you just look at how like how thin things have gotten there at that spot. But then. He started to talk about McKinnon, and he started to talk about Kittle, and then he started to talk mm-hmm. about jo- Jordan Reed, and it's like, okay, there's really no shortage of options here for Jimmy G and Kyle. You know, as as both you, you and Matt talked about, like he will find a weakness and he will just pound it and pound it and pound it, and that could be something problematic for opposing defenses. Uh, uh, definitely, definitely. Um... And you, you start throwing those names out there. You've had guys that have been high-end productive players. When you uh, McKinnon, healthy, has been a high-end productive player. You've seen it on film. You've seen that with Kittle. You've seen that with Reed. Um, and then you're going to have some other guys that you're bringing into the mix because, you know, a healthy Debo, you saw what he was developing into and what will he continue to grow into. I like the fact that he's saying there's chemistry already between um, B.A., and Garoppolo. So all of these things, you know, we're talking, we're talking about, um, you know, guys and, and, you know, slot receivers running backs on this out of the, out of the backfield. So there are so many different options. We know Kyle has shown a history of taking advantage of that. And, and I love the fact someone asked me, they were doing this fantasy thing a couple of days ago. You know how I am about fantasy football, but I told them, I, I, I said, well, first of all, if you're trying to pick a 49ers running back, um, as your fantasy running back, I said that doesn't make sense. Don't do it. And and, and he said why? I, I said because I said Kyle is going to play whoever he believes is most effective of, against that team. I said there's there's not a starter in his mind like this is my guy, the bell cow. I said the bell. I said it's a bell cow that week. <laughs> so absolutely, that's what Kyle, you know he he attacks whatever a defense gives him, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm glad we, we, uh, Maddie was there. Um, we'll get into it. I'll get into it because I know we're coming to the end of this one, but I'll get into it a little bit more. Uh, the comments he made about um, um, Aquilo, the weather spoon. Yeah. So we'll get into what you know the things he had to say about spoon. That I found that very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, and I and and the reason it's interesting to me is because I he Matt's not just a talking head. I think he does take the time to watch what's going on and get to know the players and their personalities. So that was very interesting what he had to say. Very very interesting. Um. Speaking of interesting, I think this uh, this 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 season premiere has been uh, an an interesting one. We had the great Matt Mayoko from NBC Sports Bay Area on here breaking down all things Niners. Um, we'll be back later in the week to, to to break down this week one matchup between the Niners and the Cardinals. Um, but yo, I'm 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 pumped. I'm ready to get get back into it. Make sure you follow us uh, on social media at our Haylock. He's at underscore. 
Eric Davis underscore, and then on Instagram, at WatchRayRay, and he's at underscore bump and run. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. We're located wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you found us here today. Uh, you can continue to go back there. If you got a like button on, on, on your, your platform, go ahead and hit that like button as well. And uh, here we go. Season 2 of the Believe in 49ers pod with Super Bowl champion Eric Davis and Rashawn Haylock is just getting underway. So first show in the books for this 2020 season. Y'all be safe. We will see y'all later this week. For my partner, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. See y'all later this week. Deuces. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.